Hello, and welcome to our weekly podcast of Who's Here in the Hamptons. I'm Dan Retiner, your host, broadcasting from my home in the Hamptons, where I have lived for over 55 years. I've written a dozen books about this glorious place, and I've seen it grow through the years from small tourist towns, quaint fishing villages, and a summer playground for high society, to what it is today, a world-class resort for celebrities, artists, musicians, authors, and billionaires. In my podcast, I will bring you interviews with not only these people, but also prominent local people who have helped shape the Hamptons. My guest today on the podcast is Susan Lacey, a film producer with so many Emmys. What is it? About 30, I think. Not quite, not quite that many, but, <laughs> but close. <laughs> She's the uh, producer of American Masters, which uh, has run on PBS for over a century, I think, or 10 years anyway, 20. No, no, it's been, it's in its 35th year, but 35 um, years. I left, uh, I created the series and I, I left about eight years ago uh, to just focus on directing. I was the, the creator and the executive producer of the series and it was my life. I never thought I would leave it in a million years, but uh, I decided I wanted to focus on directing. So I left and I've been in a contract on, with HBO. Um, yes, I've read that. Uh, what have you done with them so far? Well, I've done three films so far. Maybe this wasn't really eight years ago. I don't remember exactly what it was, but, uh, you know, maybe seven years ago. Anyway, I've made three big films, uh, one on Steven Spielberg, one on Jane Fonda, one on Ralph Lauren, and I'm about to start one on Billy Joel. I saw the one on Steven Spielberg. It was wonderful. He was, he was like, I'll do this. <laughs> Which, you know, this is very interesting. I, uh, you know, I it was a full scale, it was a three and a half hour film. I, it was a full scale portrait of his work and his life. And, and I drew a great deal on the, on his life because he puts his life into his movies. He's a very autobiographical filmmaker up mm -hmm. to a point. And after he did Schindler's List, he sort of, um, had become the elder statesman in a way of the in the movie business and he decided to and we still do on his life to some degree but he decided mostly to make films that he for legacy he wanted to make films about american history and lincoln and munich and uh, all these important subjects but i did draw a great deal on his life and i just heard that he's now going to make a movie based on his childhood <laughs> <He's gonna> direct <laughs> so i don't know whether all this i mean i know when he saw the film which he liked very much. And I have a letter from him that I will take to my grave with me. I mean, you know, it's a wonderful, wonderful letter. And he did say to me, I felt like I've watched the film, so I felt like I've been in 12 years of therapy. <laughs> but I don't know, it's something about maybe telling that, reliving that story of his childhood made him realize how interesting it is. And, uh, you know, he started really by, by chance. His father gave him a camera, I think when he was eight or nine. Right. And he started making films. And yeah, I saw some of the early ones. I think I may have seen them in the biography. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's. I just thought that was funny that he's now going to make a movie about his childhood. <laughs> well, he, you know, he's he's very uncomfortable around. I found around people he he does his work and he loves it and he's good in that regard. But I've met him and he's just he's sort of very down to earth, but he's very. I found him to be not with withholding is the wrong word. He just buttoned up. And so when I saw him on this show, I just thought, well, he, 
is he knows the history of the show, not the show, but the other show. I trust her. That's yeah, fair. no, he, I mean, he wouldn't have done this if he didn't trust me. And uh, I, we, I had interviewed him before for other films and it had been an enjoyable experience. But I have to tell you, I did 30 hours of interviews with Stephen. Yeah, you can tell. That's a lot of time and you get to know each other and there is a, a comfort factor, if nothing else. It's a comfort and a trust factor. And, you know, I think there are parts of Stephen that will never be open to anyone except his, his family. Uh, but, and perhaps just his wife, I don't know. But I think he went as far as he could go with realizing that this was a serious film. I, I remember when uh, we'd finished the first interview, it was a two hour interview. I had never thought in a million years if I had put that I wanted 12 two hour interviews, <laughs> excuse me, 15 two hour interviews. It wouldn't, this project would never have gotten off the ground. Uh, so I didn't, but after the first interview, he said, well, this was fun. Why are we doing this again? And that's the kind of way it went. And neither yeah. one of us had any idea that it would end up being 15 interviews. And in the 15th interview, I think we both looked at each other and said, I think I got enough. He said, I think you do too. <laughs> Um, but I was with him out here. I mean, it was in the Hamptons, in, in L.A., in Berlin when he was making Bridge of Spies, in Vancouver when he was doing uh, the BFG, and in, in his office, and his homes. I mean, I really was saw his life and saw him at work, which was really interesting. Anyway, I love making that film. Which, uh, I, I suppose you've been asked this a lot, but you did so many for PBS. Uh, who stands out in your mind to work with for the the show? That well, I made with? a I <laughs> when I left American Masters, there were close to two hundred and thirty about two hundred and thirty films in the library that that I had under my under my tenure. I didn't direct all of them by any means, um, so I directed. I think maybe seven films out of out of when I was left, it was close to 30 years because I didn't feel like I should be hiring myself all the time. Uh, and I didn't have time to run the series and direct a whole lot of films, which is why I decided to focus only on directing because I loved it. So it's a long way of saying that I have favorites. I have films that stand out for me that I've directed and I have films that stand out for me that I think are excellent films that I did not direct. So um, well, Robert Kappa. We did a film on Robert Kappa that I think is work of art. Uh, our James Baldwin film, our uh, Jerome Robbins and Balanchine films, uh, Martha Graham, I'm you know, Philip Roth. I mean, there's so many, many, many amazing films. Wow. But of the ones I directed, the one that stands out for me the most and will always stand out for me the most is my film on Leonard Bernstein, which I think you've seen. I think I have. I mean, it was a while ago. Okay, because we had a screening of it uh, for the Sag Harbor Cinema a few years ago before the cinema opened. Remember when we, we had, we, I'm on the board of the Sag Harbor Cinema and we were having screenings to keep the, the movie alive in people's minds while we're raising money to rebuild it. And we had a screening. I thought you were there. I guess you weren't. I was. And that's the one that stands out for me the most. That, and and he, was not, he was not alive. I became close to his family. And now in a kind of weird sort of um, full circle. Uh, St Steven Spielberg is remaking West Side Story, Actually. as you probably know. And he's also executive producing a biopic 
about Lenny that Bradley Cooper is directing and he's going to be Lenny Bernstein. And I understand they watch my film a lot, <laughs> which makes me very proud. How did you uh, get started doing American Masters? Oh, it's such a convoluted story, but I really thought I was going to be a scholar. I got a master's degree and I did all my work for a doctorate except finally write a dissertation. Uh, I always regarded American Masters as my dissertation, but... On history or what? Uh, American Studies, yeah. which is so logical. So anyway, I found myself in public television kind of by accident. I'd been living in Rome with my first husband, who was the head of the American Academy in Rome. And uh, a good friend who worked at Channel 13, 13 heard that we were going to be coming back to New York because he was going to become the president of Cooper Union. And uh, she went to the president of 13 and said, I think you should meet my friend Susan Lacey. She'd be great, you know, here. Uh, there was an opening. And uh, so I met at that time, Jay Islin was the president of 13. And I met him. Um, actually, I got a phone call in Rome. I had written an article about uh, television and the arts and how I thought it could improve. Something only a 30-year-old, <laughs> kind of arrogant young woman who never worked in television at all, uh, thinking right. I could do better than this. And I got this call from Jay Islin while I was in Rome saying, how'd you like come put your money where your mouth is? And I said, wow. And he said, I read your article. Why don't we meet? So when I came back to New York, we met. And that's how I got into television. I mean, it was really... Uh, I wasn't looking to get involved in television and I was um, I loved it from the first moment uh, I saw the possibilities and uh, about six years in I went there in 1979 yeah about 83 uh, I've been working very closely with uh, Jack Venza who was the creator of great performances and the then executive producer and we were bringing full-scale ballets and full-scale dramas and, you know, uh, um, theater uh, to television. And I always thought, gosh, I'm so I'm so interested in the people that created all of this. Those those are the stories that interested me the most. Yeah. And uh, and there was no place for it. There literally was no place in the public television schedule for a biography series. And so I decided to have to create one and I decided to focus on Americans. And it was amazing how hard it was to convince people that this was a good idea. I, I look back on those years and I think, oh my God, I'm so glad I did that all when I was so young uh, because the, I would have gotten discouraged uh, except that I knew it was a really good idea. And there was a lot of skepticism. First of all, I'd never produced anything. So I can understand why there might've been a little skepticism, but I had a good idea. And I knew that these were great stories and I had to convince people this wasn't gonna be, you know, I called it American Masters. Oh, this sounds like a golf series. No, 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 no. Well, who cares about these stories? And I said, you know, if you tell them well, and if you take the job seriously and you're not making Sunday morning television, not that I have anything wrong with Sunday morning television, but but do, do the kind, do make them as excellent as the work yes. that the film about. And they're amazing stories. They're full of drama and tension and fighting the, you know, the academy and and demons. And I said, people will love them. You will find an audience. And it turned out to be true. I had to raise all the money initially from myself and sort of basically hand it to, to PBS. But 
um, eventually they got on board and saw that there was an audience for it. Finally got a primetime slot and the little engine that could became an institution, much to my surprise. <laughs> I, I was just thinking about the biographies of some of the people that you talked about. And the one thing that, that seems to me they all have in common is that they're kind of nuts. They all have their ways about them, things about them that if you're going to be a, a genius in one area, um, I was thinking particularly about Bernstein, you know, with so many different aspects of his life. And then uh, when I saw that you've done Jane Fonda in five acts, I thought, yep, that was fine. <laughs> you know, she kept, she kept reinventing herself. I just saw her last night on, the, on, on Lawrence O'Donnell. She's still out there, you know, she's, she's, um, she's on boots on the ground activist at, uh, you know, 84. I mean, she's amazing. You know, I think it takes, I, I don't, I think people who are creative geniuses, I mean, like Leonard Bernstein, they're cut from a different cloth. Yes. And, you know, they really are. And it, and it's part of what makes them so interesting to make films about. Right. Uh, they are driven, they are, and they do have many demons. I don't think, you know, Jane, my film is about how Jane fought her demons. I mean, and, and, and how you know, it finally came to terms with being Jane, you know. Um, but Lenny was a, a, the key in that film for me was a letter that I found that he'd written when he was very young. It was actually an essay called, um, it's called Reaching for the Note, which is where I got, I got, I mean, in I got the title from this essay where he talked about composers and, and, and the extent of their reach, they partook of the divine. And I realized that was the key for me to his story, that he had been celebrated and recognized as a great Broadway composer, as a great conductor, but his own composition was never uh, embraced that much in his lifetime. And that was a, a source of great pain to him. That the, For him, that was the ultimate that he wanted to achieve. And somehow he felt he hadn't achieved it because he didn't get the recognition for it. Uh, that, you know, you know, stay out of the concert hall, stick to Broadway, Lenny, you know, that kind of thing. But he was writing music at a time when he was a very lyrical, tonal composer in a time when atonal music ruled the roost. Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, he was just not accepted into that. Anyway, it was the key to film for me and, and made him so human. This unbelievably celebrated, full of life, full of, you know, conflicts about who he wanted to be, what his sexuality was, was he going to be a composer, a conductor, or a television you know, artist. It made the story so human and so touching for me. And I think that's why people like the film so much. Do you ever uh, consider anything with Steve Jobs? Joe? Well, yeah, I did. I wanted to make a film about him. And um, I wanted to, you know, with Walter Isaacson's incredible book. Uh, yeah. And uh, I knew Walter, but I, he, I, get, I think my memory is that Sony had acquired all the rights, including the documentary rights uh, for the movie. And um, they didn't want a documentary to be made until the movie came out. And then 
somebody else made, Alex Gibney made a wonderful film about Steve Jobs, not based on Walter's book. And, and you know, kind of, the, it just went away, you know, the, with two movies and a, a documentary, it felt like, okay, maybe this story's been covered. Yeah. What, what's next that you're planning uh, on? Next, I'm making a film about Billy Joel. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Who lives in Sag Harbor. Uh, he's in Palm Beach right now, but he'll be back. And he's oh. a lovely, it's, it's a good story. I'm really looking forward to sinking my teeth into it. But I'm also putting my toe in the in the dramatic area. I've optioned a book called The Path Between the Seas by David McCullough uh, about the building of the Panama Canal. And I want I hope to develop that as a dramatic series, a mini series, uh, like Chernobyl, that kind of thing. And because it's an incredible story. Yes, it is. You know, 44 year saga. Uh, and it changed the history of the world. So it's a, it's a good story. Yep. I have a lot of other documentary things that I want to do, but I can't talk about them. <laughs> okay. What, what do you do out here? How do you spend your time during this time? Well, like everybody else, I binge watched. Uh, I watched The French Village, <laughs> which I loved. And I got my house organized. I never spent more than, you know, weekends and one month in the summer in this house since I bought it in 1990. So I saw where we needed additional shelves and I needed a pantry and I got it organized. <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm a doer. So I, we used the time yeah. well yeah, and well, cooked way too much like everybody else. Yeah. We're doing the same thing. And now I'm on this rigid, you know, get rid of the COVID-19 <laughs> uh, pounds, uh, rigid diet at the moment. Well, one, one more question. Where were you born and raised? Where are you from initially? You sound like a New Yorker. I was born in New York, but yeah. I wasn't raised in New York. My my parents uh, emigrated here, my father in 1938 to get away from Hitler from Germany. And he met my, my and he met my mother during the occupation. She was a concert pianist, and he was studying to be a violinist when he came here in 1938. Well, I mean, he wasn't a serious violinist, but he was. He loved music. Grew up with music. And uh, he went to concerts and we walked, my mother walked out on stage and he said to his friend next to him, his army buddy, I'm going to marry her. <laughs> and, and he did. And so I was born in New York City, uh, but then we moved around a lot while my parents tried to make it as musicians, which didn't work very well. And um, finally settled in, in Baltimore, which is where I was most raised. And um Music was a huge part of my upbringing. Where did you do your American studies? At University of Virginia Women's College and then George Washington University. And uh, that's it, those two. I mean, I love George and Washington and Mary Washington College of the University of Virginia. When I went to college, University of Virginia's Women's College was separate. You couldn't go to the Charlottesville campus unless you were a nursing student. So I was, uh, went to Fredericksburg and I had a wonderful education, but you know, my parents influenced me a great deal. I mean, music became a huge part of my life. And most of the people I've made films about, except when I, after, since I left American Masters have been musicians. I made a film about Lena Horne, Paul Simon, Joni Mitchell, which is another one of my favorites. Uh, Paul Simon is one of my favorites too. Yeah. Um, and so music is part of who I am. So Billy Joel is going to be fun. Well, thank you for being on the podcast, Susan Lacey, American Masters. I hope you have a nice day, and I'll be seeing you soon. I Peace hope out. so.
Say hello to Billy Joel for me. I haven't I seen him in a while. And, and then you'll uh, have to come to the opening of the cinema. We're opening April 9th. Yes. In San you, you de Well, you'll definitely be getting, you know. Can you get limited? Is it limited? Must be. Like yeah, we, we are. I, we, we were allowed at 25% capacity and now might be 33%, but I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> They'll be counting them at the door. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I enjoyed this. Yeah, me too. And I hope to see you soon. Sure. Okay. Bye, Bye. everybody.